Alright. Good morning, church. Someday I'll be able to sing as uh, beautiful as these guys. But, uh, yeah, someday. Uh, it's great to be with you this morning. So grateful for the opportunity here to uh, worship uh, with one another. Uh, we want to welcome our friends. You're here visiting with us. We're so grateful you're a part of uh, today's service. This is a celebration of what God is doing in our lives, what's been transpiring throughout the whole week. And so we're grateful to be together. Last week we had a great time uh, worshiping God in the outdoors as we had the park service. It's a really great time out there. The weather is just simply amazing right now. Uh, you know, just a little background story here. Uh, you know, we got there a little early. Team leaders got their own table, uh, a little area, and we had multiple tables. And, you know, we had about one or two to spare. And uh, we ended up church from the Melissa Bible Talk comes up, and she's a little distraught and almost a tear in her eye. She's like, you know, we, we don't have a table, Will. And, and we're like, well, okay, you know what? We, we can gladly share a table with you guys. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. And she comes over, her husband, Mike, comes over, and he's bringing this huge thing where he's going to grill and cook tacos. And then, and then her tears become my tears as I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm so grateful. I said, yes, I'm so grateful I had a table to share. And, and we lucked out. And uh, we had a feast and, uh, you know, just grateful for their generosity. That Melissa group just uh, fed so many people. Right when you thought it was over, they had another bag of meat and tacos just kept coming out. But uh, re- really, really great time there. Even this past weekend, uh, I heard the young teens had a little party, a little costume party. And, and, the, and the teens had one last night as well. And just proud of our young people here. They get to uh, honor God. Uh, through, you know, uh, having fun and, and being able to party and uh, doing that in such a way that leaves no regrets uh, in their conduct, in their dress, uh, in their speech. Uh, so grateful that uh, these guys know how to party in such an honorable way. And so uh, we had a great time too, my wife and I, you know, I was, I was hooked and Addie was Tinkerbell and we were having a great time. Um, when, we were, when we weren't being chased by the crocodile, my little son, uh, but... Uh, we had a we had a really great time, and that's kind of what happens at these uh, at these parties. And so uh, uh, we're, we're grateful. We're grateful to serve the youth and family ministry here. Um, I have a few things in my heart this morning. The title of the message is is pursuit of happiness. Okay. And uh, you know, if you were to ask most people what they want uh, out of life, uh, what would they answer? Uh, would it be you know I just want to be happy. And uh, maybe with this whole election, that's why this vote is so important to them. Because uh, who they vote for, who becomes president, maybe will determine their happiness. And, uh, and yet, you know, you do some research, you do some polls, or, or you look and research, you know, U.S. polls research shows that actually most Americans are a little unhappy with their lives at this moment. And maybe they're looking for change and they can't wait for change while others are maybe afraid of the kind of change that's going to take place. But everyone, everyone has a picture of what would bring them happiness, what would make them happy. A lot of times it's owning something. You know, if I only had that car, then I would be happy. Uh, Maybe for some of us in the the group here, you know, if I only had a car, uh, I'd be happy. (laughs) 
I'd be really happy about that. Uh, if I made this much money, then I would be happy. If I had those shoes and clothes, if uh, I could only dance like this person, then then, then I would truly uh, be happy. Uh, there's so many examples. And, uh, and we can trace the, 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 you can chase the trail of happiness and, uh, and we can understand this is real. Uh, we're, we're all in that, right? This pursuit of happiness. We're all here. And, and so that's, that's a good thing. Many people can relate to us uh, in this room. And, uh, you know, for me, I thought it was looking good, having good, and uh, having goods, and, and, and feeling good. That's what life was all about. But what comes to mind for you this morning? What comes to mind for you? If I only had this, then I would be happy. Today we're going to be studying out Psalm chapter 1. And we're going to look at Psalm. And, uh, uh, you know, the teens are, are with me here this morning. We, uh, we looked at Psalm 1-1. Did a midweek on that. But we're going to be covering the whole Psalm 1. And so, uh, teens, stay with me here as uh, you've heard a little bit of this. But uh, it's going to be great here this morning. So we read in verse 1, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers. You know, let's define the word blessed. The Hebrew word, esher. It's kind of like usher, but esher. And uh, it means, oh happy. Oh the joys. The happiness that this person finds by doing this and not doing that. You know, our Declaration of Independence. You know, it guarantees us the pursuit of happiness, but it doesn't guarantee us that we're going to be able to find it. And, uh, and so we chase it. We chase it, we chase it, and uh, we don't find it because the chase, uh, or maybe the way we chase, uh, we chase it in the wrong way. Yeah. You know, happiness is never found by direct pursuit, but rather happiness is a byproduct of another pursuit. Many times we like to shortcut and go straight to the thing that we think is going to make us happy. And instead of going to what really is going to give us happiness. You know, when you pursue God, happiness just tags along. And many of us in this room have found that to be true. And the psalm here is a description of a happy person. The, The person here is first described by what they do not do. By what they decline. Read verse four, uh, 1 here. Who does not walk in step with the wicked? Who does not stand in the way that sinners take? Who does not sit in the company of mockers? And many of us here sit in this room, you're like, man, you just proved my point, Will. Man, the Bible is so negative. It's all about do nots. Don't do this. Don't do that. But hang in there with me. Because it's, it's not all no's. But it is saying that a happy person is marked by what he or she does not do, does not hang out with, the places he or she does not go to. It's helpful for us to understand that what we do is just as important as what we don't do. You know, you think of the example of an athlete. Of, uh, you know, the Olympics just passed this past summer, and you think of the training, the background stories. I think of my time training for the marathon when there was no way a guy, you know, running, uh, having difficulty running a 5K was going to somehow finish a marathon, but the training involved helped me to get there. 
And there was a lot of do nots. A lot of, wow, you know, not staying up super late. Oh, not eating certain things. Yet when, you know, we're not training or anything, you and I, we see that. We see that cookie. We see that apple pie. We're just like, hey, we go for it. But an athlete, someone who's training is like, nope, can't do that. I'm focused. I need to stay focused here. And sometimes it's the no that leads to the greatest yes in our lives. We who pursue happiness have to say no. Say no to what? Say no to bad advice. Say no to bad advice. Don't walk in step of the wicked. You know, not following the advice of the ungodly. We got to be careful who we listen to and what we listen to. And hopefully you can hear me this morning. (laughs) You know, we'll all be blessed if we don't choose to walk in the counsel of those who have chosen to not walk in the counsel of God. To those who are leading towards destruction. That's that's what the Bible says right here. But we got to think about where the advice is coming from. And we can see it from their lives. What is their life centered on? What is the direction of their path? Is it on self? Or is it something rather than God? Where do you get most of your counsel from? What voice do you hear the most? Is it friends and their counsel and their wisdom? Fads that come and go. But in the moment, they seem so wise, so truth-telling. Is it the media? TV, you know, there's a lot of voices there telling you what you got to look like, sound like, think like. Not just what voices are you listening to, but what's the end goal of these voices? Have you stopped to think what these voices are trying to lead you towards? You ever thought about, man, are they just trying to influence me, control me, take advantage of me so I could have my dependence on them, so they could just make money off me? Have you ever thought about what these voices are really trying to communicate to you? What is the end goal of your counsel? Do they truly have what's best in mind for you? Happiness and what will fulfill you? Or is it just temporary? There's a lot of voices out there. And that means a lot of messages. So consider, consider what you're being bombarded with. So we can be listening to the right voice. Second thing that a happy person says no to is bad associations. Bad associations does not stand in the way sinners take. Stand means to, to linger, to stay a while. If you walk in the footsteps of bad advice, you'll soon stand among those who give it. You know, you got to be careful who you surround yourself with. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Bad company corrupts good character. Or as the world would put it, you know, in other terms, you know, uh, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. You know, we got to be wise where we stand, where we linger, and with whom we linger with. And here's the thing, we don't always need to separate. This is not a message about, hey guys, let's just get away from the world. Let's huddle up somewhere, some corner, and and just be safe. And just, you know, guys, look out for each other because the world is so corrupt. Because if people did that, then you and I wouldn't be in this room. So when I'm talking about bad associations, I'm including us in that. Did you guys get that? I hope you got that. 
But, but you know, the reality is, you know, we're in the world, but not of it. We can be among, but, not, but, but set apart. You know, from allowing the same things to influence us, if you want to be with God, otherwise it's so easy to be taken off course. You know, Jesus was such an expert at this. You know, who did He spend time with? Sinners. You know, Jesus was there to influence them rather than being influenced by them. You know, as Christians, uh, we must be people who move the world, uh, not are moved by it. Not moved by the world. You know, the reality is, as I was coming around and seeing the church for the first time as this young kid here in 8th grade, it wasn't the fact that they were so like me. Or they dressed like me, they talked like me, they had the things of this earth like me on their mind. It was quite the opposite. It was that they thought so differently than me. They had their minds on things set above. Their actions, their thought processes. Wow, it was so radically different. And that right there is what made all the difference. And I know we want to fit in. I know we want to be like so we can somehow connect and relate. But you don't have to relate and connect in such a way that now you're being influenced and pulled by the world. That now you're being influenced by it rather than influencing the world. That's not just a message for the teens. That's a message for all of us as adults. Society is painting a picture of what a perfect family is like. What a perfect parenting couple is like. And we got to be careful, be careful of the messages out there. You know, are you a thermostat or a thermometer? Are you a thermostat thermometer? You know, what is, what is a thermometer to? You know, a thermometer tells you the temperature of its surroundings. All it does, it tells you this is where it's at. This is how it is, and I'm just, I'm just kind of oozing out what's around me. You know what a, therm- a thermostat does? It sets the temperature. It sets the bar. Th- this is what it's going to be like. This is the standard. And you know, as Christians, we gotta we got to set the thermostat in our lives. we got to set the thermostat in our homes. As leaders of the household, how are you raising the bar? How, is you, how are you when it comes to our, our openness as a family? Spending time as a family. I'm not talking about watching TV as a family. I'm talking about spending time eyeball to eyeball. How's it going in this world? Because we're in it. But we're not trying to be of it. Are we setting the bar there? The standard. Are we setting the bar? You know, are those that you stand with, the people you linger with, are they trying to help you? To stay on that right path. You know, it's important to have love. It is. It's important to be patient. It's important to take people where they're at. It's important to trust God as you're trying to love people. But the reality is, you cannot be afraid to run. There are moments where we got to run away. We just can't. We can't linger. We can't hang around. But in the name of, we're trying to you know, love people. We're trying to help influence and become, help them become Christians. But the reality is that becomes very clear, especially as the Scriptures speak to them. 
You don't have to decide for them. People will decide. I remember I was making that choice as the teens were challenging my life. I was like, hey, we're going to go to the movie theaters and uh, yeah, I got this plan. We're going to sneak into this movie after we see the first one. I got this other plan. This one finishes at this time. Then we're going to see this one. And they were like, dude, if you're going to hang out with us, we're going to see and we're going to pay for each movie we see. I'm like, man, I'm not hanging out with you then. But the reality is, wow, they got my attention. And and that was make it or break it. They were ready to go, hey, you know what? If you're not going to respect this, then I understand. Then do what you got to do. But man, I was convicted. I'm grateful that God put just a little bit of humility in my heart to say, wow, you know what? He's on to something. This is powerful stuff. You guys with me on that? Yeah. Alright, let's keep going here. Um, next one is bad actions. Say no to bad actions. It says, or sit in the company of mockers. You know, when you listen to bad advice, you surround yourself with bad associations, eventually it's going to become who you are. You mock and ridicule and challenge those who are walking with God, striving to live a righteous life. And how does that leave you? Honestly, miserable. You know, many mockers out there. It's why we don't, you know, we don't say who we are or where we were you know, tomorrow at work, where we were the day before. Because there's mark- mockers. Why do you go to church? You know, why do you live in that manner? Why do you say no to this? Why do you say no to that? Why don't you live for the here and now? Why do you live with uh, restraint and self-control? When there's so much to do, especially at a young age. You know, if we don't make these changes, then we too will sit among them. Ask those who are a little bit older in the faith. I can tell you, they've seen people who made that decision to stand, but started to compromise. And now they're among mockers. Wow, we could so easily, instead of casting nets to people, man, we're casting stones with one another. How easily we can become mockers. Here's someone, here are people trying to build up the church, trying to do great things for God. But now, because of faithlessness, because of hearing the voices that come from anywhere else but God, there's negativity, cynical attitudes. Man, that can't happen. We can't do that. That will never work. We can so easily become mockers and tear down those who are trying. Who are trying to hold the banner. Who are trying to hold the flag to see something incredible happen. To to see a brighter and envision a brighter future for the next generation to come. That's a call higher for us who are older in the faith. We have so much to give. We have so much. I'm thankful for those who are. Those who are engaging in such a real, authentic, and genuine way. But all of us need to hear that. Why? Because again, we're not actively pursuing that. Could it not be that we could so easily then sit among mockers? And you know what happens when we start to sit? You know, wow, we begin to settle. And and getting up and walking away just becomes so much harder. Are you sitting here while still sitting and seated with mockers? You know, we sit and we come. We're like, hey, it's all good. It's all good here on the outside, 
But inside our hearts, man, we, we know what's really going on. We know what's happening in our homes, in our marriages, in our parenting, at our jobs. We know. It speaks, yes, to our environments, but it also speaks to the choices that we're making that either draw us closer or draw us farther away from pursuing happiness with God. But do you hear the progression here in just this one verse? Walking, standing, sitting. See how easily and weakened we can become. Blessed and happy is the person who doesn't get rooted in the world systems and these hollow, you know, deceptive philosophies that sound so good. And we can be so deceived. Blessed are you when you look to something greater. Something that leads to life and growth. Brothers and sisters, don't let others determine your happiness or deter you from your ultimate happiness in God. Amen? Amen. Okay, we talked about what not to do. Let's go ahead and switch it just a little bit. Alright, so this is a little something new here, teens, for you. Okay, you ready? That was just verse (laughs) 1. Tell you the Bible's deep. That's a lot. The Bible's deep, and that's why this next verse is so important. Amen. We won't go as long into each one of them, but look at this next one. But whose delight, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. Amen. Quick question for you. Does that describe you? Do you get pleasure, enjoyment from reading the Word? Do you get hungry when you don't consume it? Do you just have to read it? I just, I just cannot not read the Bible. Or many times, you know, the way we think about the Bible, we just, we just look at it, we pick it up, and we just go, man. <sighs> it's my duty. My priestly duty, as Nacho would say, <laughs> to read the Bible. Come on, man. Oh, it's my drudgery to, to pick it up. Oh, no. And it's not about duty. It's not about drudgery when it's supposed to be about delight. Yes. To be about happiness. That this right here, this gives me life. That's right. It's God's Word working in us. I'm seeking out answers, and you can find them right here. It speaks to us. And you know, they may not be found on the surface right away, so immediately. But if you continue to delight in the path of the Lord, then it will be made clear. It may not always make perfect sense to us, but the Bible will work and will lead us to God. You know, we should look forward to knowing the Word of God so we can know the God of the Word. You know, we're not reading the Bible and not being in God's Word. For me, it's usually when I don't really think that I can know more about God. Somehow, some way, I've just kind of boxed Him and I go, yeah, I, I, know, I, I feel like I know God. I mean, 18 years of starlight, yeah, I got the hang of this. I know, you know, God. But the reality is there's so much more to know about Him. We can't settle. I want to encourage us not to settle, but to dig deeper in knowing our God. Think about this. When they were writing this about delighting in the Word 
It's the book of, the, of Moses, you know, the, the Torah that they're referring to here. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The ones we love so much. Oh, Numbers, I just can't get enough of my quiet time in Numbers. Oh, Leviticus, teach me more about the laws. And oh, I love it so much. I delight in it so much. You know, but to hear their heart and how they talk about it here. It's not come and entertain me. It's I want to connect. I want to fall in love with God. Reverence and awe. It's what you hear throughout the Psalms. You know, Psalm 19. Just, just, Just listen here. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing to the soul. The statues of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold. The much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. You know, do you hear the love? Do you hear the reverence? More importantly, do you have that? Does that describe you? Are you growing in that? Don't just delight in the Word, but meditate. Amen. When? Day and night. Wait, Will, you want me to read my Bible day and night? I mean, i got some other things to do. Yeah, we're going to talk about reading the Bible all day, every day. But the Bible is so on your heart that in a moment's notice, Scriptures come to mind as you live out your Christian faith. You know, trying to understand what God is telling me today. Getting guidance, instruction, inspiration. It takes time. But we give up so easily. You know, we, we, we try real quick. We pick up the Bible and we're like, alright, let me read here real quick. And, uh, you know, well, it didn't make sense. And so I guess it doesn't work. And we give up on it so easily. But we don't persevere. We don't consider the Scriptures. You know, do you let it determine your worldview, your behavior? Not just finding the things that kind of match how you think. You know, oh, God grants sleep to those He loves. See, I knew it. See, that's why I oversleep. That's why I enjoy being a little lazy. You know, because God's blessing me. Maybe not. That's not... Nah. You know, guys, to delight is to seek and know God's heart. To seek His heart. So you meditate on it. You meditate on it. But do you? Day and night? Or once a week? Twice a week? You know, is this the only time you give God? If you don't delight for yourself in God's Word, you know, you're going to be weak. You're going to be deceived. You're not going to be prepared to answer the reason for your faith. And we need to hear that. You know why? I believe that God wants to say something to you throughout the week. He wants to speak to you and I throughout the week. He knows how hard it is 
in your job. He knows how hard it is to go back to work. And in your heart, in your mind, you've, you've, you've quit your job five or six times and then got it right back in your mind. He knows. You know, the challenges that come with raising kids, you're like, man, did this kid come with a manual or what? He knows. God wants to be with you throughout the week. But instead, we dedicate hours to walking, standing, sitting, with, and you fill in the blank. Maybe it's TV. And we're, we're just, we're just, we're, we're numbed out. We're so focused. Netflix, you know, we know our favorite characters. We know them so well, while we know very little. And invest very little time in getting to know your brothers and sisters. Outside of your immediate family. You know, many in this group, we have children. Who's helping you in raising your children? Now don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's mom and dad. Responsibility here. But it's not your responsibility to do it alone. Because you have blind spots. Been in the youth and family ministry for over a decade now. Believe me, there is not one family who's got it figured out. And I hope that brings peace to all of us. I hope it does. I hope it does in a real sincere way. You know, you get entertained, but where does that leave us? You know, we can lose sight of reality. You know, the music we pull in, talk radio, we draw wisdom from that than rather than God. The message of a chill life, take it easy, no stress, uh, no hardship. You know, that's happiness, no hardship. And yet the reality is the Bible is so radically different. You want to be like Jesus. You want spiritual transformation in your life, then you will be challenged. You will be called to persevere. I mean, you can't even persevere unless there's challenge ahead of you. Unless there's suffering. Unless there's pain. But no, no, no. The world's like, no, you know, you got to chill. No, I mean, no problems. That means you have a great life. You have a happy life. But like, like a cocoon, and you, and you study this out, before it becomes this butterfly, it has to struggle. And if you open up that cocoon thinking you're helping it to come out, and now it's going to fly and be beautiful, I'm sorry, you're doing it a disfavor. And that, that goes to our teens, that goes to our young Christians in this group. Don't open the cocoon. Do them a favor. Don't open it. Guide them. Instruct them. Bear with them. Carry burdens at times. But don't open up their cocoon. You know, it's just, you know, when I think of, uh, I think of this stuff here, I just go, wow. We think this is going to really bless us. We think it's going to bless you, but it's only going to mess you up in your life. And I love how when we go away to teen camp, we go to youth course, and we disengage, we disconnect, I really believe the power at those places, you know, during those times, it's because we're not in the media, we're not on our phones, we're not listening to voices other than God. And I'm so proud of our teens, even though the environment, so many of our teens who still continue to engage God, who continue to serve, continue to be in love with His Word, that despite being in that environment, which happened months ago, 
they're still engaged. And we're so proud of them. They understand God is with them wherever they go. You know, verse 3 here, as we're coming in for a landing, the person that is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. You know, let's get this mental image here. A tree and a piece of land, streams flowing nearby it. It's constantly sucking up water, gathering the nourishment. And so its roots are going deeper, it's getting stronger, its leaves are getting greener and never wither because there's constant supply that's going through it. And then fruit comes from it. But this is what God is saying. He's saying that this is what your life could be like and should be like as well. Planted in God's Word. Getting the nourishment from it. Not coming from the media. Not coming from our emotions. But from the Word of God. It brings us life to help us grow stronger. If we stay with God, we'll be able to grow. Very different picture from those who are being watered just once a week. This morning is not meant to be all that you get throughout the week. You can't just be watered for 35 minutes here and expect to live. Just ask my law. Okay? No, no. Ask our hearts as well. Ask our hearts. The more we pull back, the more we pull, the more weaker and weaker we get. The contrast here in the scripture is a tree and a chaff. And chaff is the outside of the weak, it's very flimsy. And it gets blown away. Do you get blown from here and there? How about, about what you believe, about what you stand for? One day, right here, you're standing. The next day, you're being blown away believing whatever people say. We're tossed around, abused by the decisions we make. When we walk in step with the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, and uh, sit among the company of mockers, we are like chaff. And we can't stand. But when we are rooted in God, the more we pursue God, the more we will grow. Which one are you? The tree or chaff? Think about it. Because there's something you can do about it today. In verse 5, Therefore the wicked will stand, will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. You know, if you're not rooted in God, it says that you're not going to be able to stand in judgment. You know, you ever think about judgment? Man, I know you're running out of time. You said you were bringing this for a landing. I just brought up judgment. Oh, snap! <laughs> But do you ever think about that? When our life ends, you ever think about being ready for it? He says, if you're not rooted now, you're not you're not walking in step with the you're walking step with the wicked. You're standing in the way of sinners and sitting among the company of mockers. You're not going to be able to stand. Oh, but I got my story straight. I'm going to have all these excuses and reasons why, you know, I wasn't able to do it. Why I I meant to do it. I was going to get around to it. You know, you got to think about that today. You got to get to it now. So you can stand. Stand as we sung earlier today. Because verse 6 is a powerful verse. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous 
But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Your life, our lives, you know, it's, it's leading us somewhere. Where are you pursuing happiness? Which road are you choosing? And where is it leading you? Is it leading you to that happy, fulfilled life and afterlife? Or destruction? Destruction that you've already seen in your life. But boy, that's a small picture of what's to come. Get planted. That's my plea for us this morning. Get planted in the Word of God. When we pursue God and His holiness, true happiness will follow. Get good at saying no. Get your nourishment from the Word of God as you get to know the God of the Word. Allow it to guide you when temptation comes. And stand when judgment comes. Where the ultimate happiness reigns. Let's close out in a word of prayer. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You so much that Your words become so clear to us. When we take the time to study, meditate, reflect, and ultimately respond to what we are reading. Because if this is true, then wow, it has ramifications for us in this life and the life to come. We can live a life of true joy and happiness that has nothing to do with our circumstances. It has nothing to do with the money or situations or future presidents. It has nothing to do with that. And at the same time, we can live for something that is eternal. Something that if we persevere, if we bear, this will only be temporary. And we look forward to being with the One whose laws are amazing, whose decrees are trustworthy, whose commands are a blessing to man. Every one of them. They're not a killjoy. They're not robbing us. They're not taking away fun. They're only adding happiness, blessedness in the way that You have defined it for our lives. Be with us as we live out our faith, as we contemplate how to put into practice what we've heard this morning. Father, thank You for Jesus. We love You, we thank You. And it's His name we pray. Amen.